Tuesday edition. Welcome in, everybody. I hope your uh, Tuesday is going along just fine so far. Obviously, the uh, news came down this morning right around 8 a.m. that we lost Mike Leach way too early, and uh, we were all fearing that we were going to get that news, and we got that news this morning. And I tell you what, Parker, we're going we're gonna to talk a lot more extensively about it in the second segment. But, man, that one, that one really hurts. Uh, when you lose anybody... Uh, certainly a family member. Uh, I lost my dad in the last couple of years. And any time that another passing like this happens, it kind of reminds you of just how fleeting life is. And who would have thought that we would lose Mike Leach at 61? You know, one of the genuine characters in the history of college football. Like I said, I don't think there's been a bigger character in college football over the last 20 years or so than Mike Leach. I mean, there have been some other ones, but nobody, I think, that approaches Mike Leach. And the other part of that is that while he was this outgoing, funny, vivacious, eclectic character, he was also a heck of a football coach. Yeah, he was. He was a yeah. heck of a football coach. I mean, you win Tech, he had Tech on the cusp of competing for a national championship. You go to Washington State, you win games there. Pullman, Washington, that's an outpost, man. Yes, it is. Uh, Starkville, Mississippi is not a vacation paradise. And again, you're talking about when you're uh, in those states, you are not close to being the flagship program in any of those states. It's Ole Miss and Mississippi. It's clearly uh, UW in the state of Washington, and uh, Texas Tech is a few rungs down the ladder in the state of Texas. A glorified but, junior college in the words of one yes, Mike Steely. you know how I feel about Tech, but Mike Leach did an unbelievable job there, and all the coaches that are, you know, under his tree, you know, Lincoln Riley, uh, Dana Holgerson, guys like that that have gone on and done really good things. Um, Dave Aranda. As hey, well. Miranda, like, that, yeah. It's not just offensive guys that make up Leach's tree. You have several prominent defensive-minded coaches that have served underneath him, including a guy in Zach Arnett that's now the interim head coach at Mississippi State and I believe will be in contention to assume the full-time gig. But I think we, we, we can say a lot about Mike Leach as a person, we will. But I think as a football coach, over the years and over the decades, there are very few individuals – that you can look at and honestly and legitimately say in sincerity, that coach changed the game. No doubt. But Mike Leach no did doubt. That. Yeah. Mike Leach is one of those guys. When With you the talk air about, raid offense. Mm-hmm, Valdosta State he, to Kentucky, and it completely transformed the Big 12. Completely. Bob Stoops, you know, very innovative. He, he When he was at Florida, said, man, <laughs> biggest issue we had was stopping Hal Mummy in Kentucky with Mike Leach there, again, as the OC. And Bob Stoops says, you know what, that's who I'm bringing in. And it completely changed the league, completely changed the league. The Big 12 never looked the same. No, it didn't. And, and it, it, you know, we talked about what did Bob Stoops do. All he did was resurrect the Oklahoma football program from a very deep valley, and Mike Leach was a huge part of that. One year, yes, but a very – very impactful year that he had at OU. And I think when you reflect on Leach's tenure as a head coach and you reflect on the way that the air raid took root across college football, Big 12 football as we came to know it for years and years, even after Leach had moved on from the conference, Big 12 football was a product of Mike Leach's brain. The way that football was played across the entire conference, not just at Texas Tech, but across the entire Big 12 conference, 
It was a direct byproduct of the air raid scheme that Mike Leach implemented and made so tough to defend. No doubt about it. And again, they they went seven and five in Bob's first year, but Mike Leach, you know, kind of uh, got the ball rolling with that offense. And the next year, they won a national championship. But Mike Leach was a huge part of that turnaround. Man, this one hurt. This one hurt a lot. They all do, but this one, when you're 61 and you still, you know, are coaching at a very high level, Mississippi State was eight and four. So, uh, you know, he got he went out with an egg bowl victory. Mike Leach did, which is nice, but, man, uh, 61 is way too young. All right, we will uh, talk more about uh, the passing of uh, Mike Leach coming up in the second segment. Good news, we talked about it yesterday. I know, Parker, you had your eye on this, and you thought this was going to happen for a long, long time, and it happened yesterday. The McCulloughs commit to Oklahoma. High school safety Day McCullough flipped from Cincinnati to Oklahoma, and his older brother, Dayson McCullough, already is a college football star. Had a great freshman year at the University of Indiana. You heard what Josh Pate had to say, you know, even before he had committed, late kick Josh talking about Desan McCullough the other day and just how big of a prospect he was in the portal. Desan McCullough, edge player from Indiana. You need to know about him. A lot of folks covered him. He was the number one signee in their signing class this past cycle. He had 48 tackles and four sacks this year. Now, he was honorable mention for the All-Big Ten team. He played in 11 games this year, so he contributed right away. He's the number nine overall player in the 24-7 sports transfer portal rankings. You're looking at the number one edge player in the portal right now. That's a position that's premium. Everyone's looking for added depth there. Some teams are looking for frontline edge players. That's one of them. So, Desan McCullough, I don't think it was a great big shock that he went in. He's going to be coveted. Uh, and, and Oklahoma, there's a lot of smoke around Oklahoma right now. I think we had four crystal ball predictions for Oklahoma just in the last 24 hours. Keep an eye on that. Could be trending towards Brent Venables and company. And it did trend in that direction yesterday. The commitment became official. Huge get for Oklahoma. And, Parker, this is the kind of kid – that Brent Venables, when he was at Clemson, and they've got that cheetah player who terrified opposing offenses, this is the kind of player that fits that bill. I mean, this is a kid who could be a gigantic impact guy for Oklahoma and should be. It, it would be, uh, it would be uh, surprising if he didn't become a very valuable player for the Sooners right away. Well, in high school, he played a lot more safety than anything else. Which tells you something about a kid when he's six foot five, two hundred and thirty, and can carry that weight as a safety and move that fluidly with that large of a frame. So yes, Deshaun McCullough, when he arrives at Oklahoma, is going to be an instant impact guy, a guy that I expect to be in the starting eleven next year, and one of those players where you talk about the transformation of Brent Venables' defense from a physical standpoint, getting the type of athlete lined up at all 11 positions such that you can feel really good about the lineup you're trotting out week to week and know that if not in the short term certainly within the next couple years you're going to have a defense that at least physically resembles what Venables was trotting out there at Clemson and Deshaun McCullough is one of those guys that you have to build around and the Sooners will and it's super encouraging to get a guy like this and this is the one thing nobody's talking about He's got three years of eligibility left, and he just made the type of impact that he did at Indiana. You talked, about, you heard Josh Pate talking about it right there. Honorable mention, All Big Ten as a true freshman. So, 
to have that juxtaposition of experience as well as youth and projectability, you don't find many guys in the transfer portal like that. Oklahoma is very fortunate to have landed not only Dave McCullough, but Deshaun as well. No doubt about it. And uh, before we get somebody, you know, on the text line, Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. I'm really a kid from Indiana. You know, Indiana is not a football factory. Well, this kid was a top 50 high school recruit in his class and uh, was recruited by pretty much everybody in the country. His dad was in Indiana, later went to uh, be the running back coach, obviously, for uh, Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. But his dad was on the staff there. That's how he winds up in Indiana. So big-time get for the Sooners yesterday. Uh, Brandon Drum, our guy Brandon Drum, OU Insider 247 Sports, was on the Plank Show earlier today, and he talked about the Sooners getting the services of the McCulloughs, particularly Desan. Uh, the fact that Oklahoma got him out of the transfer portal is – it's a sign of the times, number one, because that just shows you where things are at. You could be a superstar at your – university that you chose out of high school and then it's like yeah i think i'm good i think i'm gonna go a step up now right so i mean it this is huge and and, and they doubled down by getting four-star defensive back and his brother younger brother day mccullough as well yeah no doubt and uh, everybody's talking about design because he's already proven in one year of college football the kind of impact player that he can be but Dave McCullough, again, four-star, flips from Cincinnati. Again, that's another really good get, it looks like, for OU. Yeah, well, and you know why those guys didn't follow their dad to Notre Dame, Steele. It's because they couldn't academically qualify at Notre Dame. That's the only reason they're not Golden Domers right now. Is that the prevailing thought out there? Sarcasm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Sarcasm. That's the way that the Notre Dame fans are spinning it. But – it's a huge win for Brent Venables, and the guy that deserves a lot of credit in all this as well is Jay Valai, because that's where Oklahoma was able to develop inroads with the McCullough's is because Valai worked on staff alongside DeLand, their father, with the Kansas City Chiefs in 2018. So Valai was instrumental in making this happen, and he's been so instrumental in so many recruitments at this point this year. Make no mistake, the Sooners' defensive backs coaches, Jay Valai and Brandon Hall, those two guys have earned their paychecks in 2022. And that is not to downplay or diminish what any of the other assistants have done. But today, Jay Valai gets his flowers. That's big time. It's big time, no doubt. And those were our Ortho Central clips of the day today. Ortho Central has clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a new Tri City location serving at Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Those were our Ortho Central clips of the day. All right, we do have TJ Eckert coming up today, 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Want to take your texts, of course. Want to take all of your texts that we can, 405 651 3439. And we also want to thank our opening hour sponsor, Tim Lasher. Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Give them a call. They'll do great work for you. 405 579 3113. That's 405 
All right, welcome back. Good to have you with us on this Tuesday edition of Steelman and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Going to the Air Comfort Solutions text line here in just a second. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Mike Leach, truly a unique character. Like I said, name me a bigger character in college football over the last 20 years than Mike Leach. It'd be hard to do, man. I mean, you've got Lane Kippen and some other guys out there that are kind of out there a little bit, but Mike Leach is in his own galaxy. There is no doubt about it. He was a -a one-of-a-kind character and, of course, a a tremendous football coach as well. This, This was last summer at SEC Media Days where they were asking him about the roster and, you know, everything else, X's and O's, and Mike Leach wanted to talk about Netflix. I wish I'd watched more Netflix lately. Operation Odessa, that uh, documentary, you need to watch that, Um, about uh, these uh, international criminals that uh, try to buy a submarine for Pablo Escobar. That's worth watching. And uh, during the season, it's good to watch... uh, you know, to kind of get your head straight, but I did, I'm up to date on Better Call Saul, I'm up to date on Yellowstone. The kids got me into Stranger Things, and I'm certainly not ready for this season, I'm about halfway through. I don't know, so if you guys have any good recommendations, I could probably use them. Classic Mike Leach. I love the story in The Athletic, and I I bet they've retweeted that a couple times today because it was talking about the quarterback meetings, the room, when they got together to meet with Mike Leach at Washington State. And uh, the the rule was, don't ask him anything. Just let him go through. Just let him go through the meeting, all right? That way we can maybe get out in an hour. But if somebody asks him anything, and I can't remember who the uh, backup quarterback was at the time, but anyway... Leach went through everything, and it went, you know they had a long meeting, and then he asked him another question, and like the meeting went like two more hours, and the guys in that quarterback room wanted to kill the backup QB, because and uh, Mike Leach is a guy that, uh, that you know Lincoln Riley. I love the story where who I today I'm going to call him Lincoln Riley, but he talked about you know when he was a grad assistant there that Mike Leach was talking on his phone with somebody, had no idea. They were all kind of waiting around and trying to get, you know, go to a meeting or whatever. And the phone got disconnected, and Mike Leach says, I got to call this guy back. So he calls the guy back and goes on for another 30 minutes or so. And Lincoln Riley asked, like, who, who was that that you were talking to? And Leach said it was just a wrong number, but he just started talking to the dude. So, and then when he got disconnected, he called him back and kept talking. I mean, if that's not Mike Leach, I don't know who is uh, crazier than that. But that's that's just classic stuff. Absolutely classic stuff. Bob Stoops brought Mike Leach to Oklahoma in 1999 and began the resurgence of Oklahoma football. Leach, a big part of that. Bob was on uh, the T-Row in the morning show this morning and said no doubt that Mike Leach was one of a kind. Mike was, he was the best. I had tell the story of you know, well, all of us guys who knew him well, like if he calls you at midnight, you better not answer the phone because you're going to be on the phone till two in the morning. You know, so it just depends. If you had, a, you were up to it, you'd pick up the phone at midnight and talk for an hour and a half about anything. You know, uh, I can remember, I can remember uh, talking Geronimo in his office late at night at le- about eleven at night and getting out of there at midnight. 
you know, when he was with me, he had a picture of Geronimo always hanging in his office. Beautiful guy, no doubt. Man, if you hear from Bob Stoops every week, as we do here on the Raft, you can you can tell from his voice yeah, right there. That's he hit was, him hard, man. Yeah, he was it, shaken up. No doubt. Uh, very somber, but, uh, you know, paying tribute to his friend and former uh, colleague. And uh, Bob, again, brought him to the University of Oklahoma in 1999 when uh, Oklahoma, again, started the wheels rolling on uh, big-time success again that would end up in Oklahoma dominating the Big 12 Conference for years and years and years. Okay, and again, I think the other thing that uh, we all want to hear the clips, and we've got some ready for you to go, and everybody's playing those today. We played the one about weddings yesterday. Somebody's requesting that one already. But lost in all of that, don't lose sight of this guy was a tremendous coach. At places where it's not easy to rack up victories, Lubbock, like I said, he had Tech very close there on the cusp of playing for a national championship. Then you go out to Pullman, Washington. Not exactly a place where a bunch of recruits want to go play, but he had really good success there at Pullman. And then he ends up in Starkville at Mississippi State and did a tremendous job there as well. So Mike Mike Leach, big-time character and also a big-time football coach as well. Uh, this listener says, I'm saddened that we won't get to see Mike Leach in broadcasting. I think he would have been amazing as a commentator. He would have broken up the monotony of most of the current Fox and ESPN guys. Now, didn't he, he did a year on like Sirius XM or something like that. He did a few things. I'm trying to remember where the other one was, but I think he had like a little bit of time where he did some uh, commenting. And of course it was off the wall. Great Mike Leach stuff. You talk about the antithesis of coach speak, Mike Leach. No doubt. He's everything Coach Speak is not. That's right. Yeah, like, On the opposite side of Coach Speak, you find Mike Leach. Uh, which right? is what made him so refreshing. Yeah. All among right. many things. Uh, 405-651-3439. Remember how choked up Josh Heupel got when talking about Coach Leach when he left for Tech in 2000? What a legacy he leaves. Yeah, and think what Mike Leach did. And I, I can remember that recruiting class, and we're all – at first it was, man, who's this Josh Hupel kid from Snow Junior College? Really? That's where OU's going quarterback-wise? And then, you know, they have a good, solid first year. And the next year, Josh Heupel tells his teammates, you know what, guys? There's, no, there's not a reason out there why we can't win a national championship. And guess what? They went out and did it. So – and I'm glad to see, like, Josh was out there, you know, with the, the Roy Williams College Football Hall of Fame celebration. I, I'm glad that the ice is being broken there. And, uh, you know, there were probably obviously some bitter feelings there. But it's it's good to see him coming back to the poll because he's one of the all-time great Sooners. Clearwater Sooner says, look what he did at Tech and Washington State, speaking of Leach. Imagine if he had ever gotten a shot at a big-name program. He would have won some titles if he had gotten a shot. I mean, he might have. He was that good. And I do think because of Mike's uh, unpredictability at the microphone, uh, and most of it was funny stuff, but every now and then, you know, he'd go into the fat little girlfriends or whatever. And, uh, look, the, the people in the suits are afraid of that kind of a loose cannon in certain situations, particularly at bigger institutions, you know. And uh, plus, Mike wasn't a big guy to go on the banquet circuit and go, you know, rub elbows and shake hands with donors and stuff like that. That really wasn't his cup of tea. But like I said, based on where he was, he was he was excellent, really, at all three. Gunny says, as a tribute, what about a pirate sticker on the helmets for the bowl game? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with that or 
leech or something. I mean, I know we only had one year at OU, but it, like I said, it was a hugely impactful year for Mike Leach. Listen, somebody, I, I, I'm all the way down to get that trending on social media. Some sort of tribute for Mike Leach for the bowl game, whatever that looks like, whatever that may be. If it's as simple as a little pirate sticker, by all means, somebody start the social media campaign and we will blow it up. The 405, good comment. Tennessee almost hired him. They went with Jeremy Pruitt instead, though. Talk about a swing and a miss. That's uh, that's about as big a swing and a miss as you can make right Jeremy there. Pruitt had one of the worst tenures of any Power 5 head coach over the last two decades. And got them in and so much trouble, right? And then, uh, again, that's probably a situation where Mike Leach is the better hire. And we all love the the off-the-wall comments in the press conferences, but somebody in a suit probably said, we, can we really trust this guy behind the mic? You know, that kind of deal. But, again... The hiring of Jeremy Pruitt and his subsequent firing eventually opened the door for who else? Mm-hmm. Mike Leach's hand-picked quarterback from back in the day, Josh Heupel. Yeah, yeah. The uh, life brings some some surprises here and there, doesn't it? No doubt. Guy from Geyer, Ninja Formation. Yes, the Ninja. And then, uh, of course, the classic story is the uh, fake play sheet in the Cotton Bowl. I mean, that it doesn't get much. Which better is truly iconic. The only thing <laughs> that could have made it better is if OU had ended up winning that game. Yeah, and they jumped out. What was it? Seventeen to zero, and ended yeah. up losing twenty-eight to seventeen. If my memory serves me correctly. Uh, listener in the nine one eight says Mike Leach needs at least an area in the football complex at OU. He wasn't there long but needs a small place of memorial at Oklahoma. There needs to be a plaque somewhere or something. I would be all for that to commemorate his time at OU. A uh, a scale model pirate ship, perhaps? There those you go. Pirate ships in Why a not? Yeah, first it was Geronimo, and then he was on to the uh, pirates. And I remember him talking about, you know, uh, the Vikings also back in the day. So he was a, a very curious guy. This guy, he was born in California, right? But didn't he play like football high school football in Cody Wyoming if I'm not mistaken I believe you are correct yes and I think you know everybody talks about Mike Leach never was involved with football well he was at the high school level but he had like a some kind of serious injury that prevented him from going to college to play and then he went to gets a law degree at Pepperdine and ends up being one of the most innovative minds in the history of college football after that uh true sooner says Leach did what Switzer and others could not he changed OU to a passing culture. Troy Aikman didn't even accomplish that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Troy's broken leg in that Miami game was obviously the uh, the, the situation that changed everything. Uh, they were going more eye formation. They were going to be handing the ball to Marcus Dupree and, you know, that kind of thing. But once Troy went down, once Jerome Brown broke his leg in that game in Norman and Jamel came in and leads him to a national championship, you know, what are you going to do? And Barry Switzer made a call out to Terry Donahue at UCLA, the big, uh, supposedly the best arm in, in college football. Everybody was talking about Jim Everett at Purdue. You know, Chrissy Everett, they got into with Jim Rome. <laughs> and uh, Switzer called up to, I could just imagine, they go, well, I got a guy better than Everett. Help. You know, and Troy Aikman became the number one pick in the draft, right? That infamous draft that had Troy Aikman one, Tony Mandrich, Mr. Steroids two to Green Bay, and then Barry Sanders three to the Lions. Something that Packers fans still lament to this day. They could have had Barry Sanders. Crazy. All right. Uh, why don't we 
Take a quick break right here. Come back to the Air Coverage Solutions text line. More memories of Mike Leach. What a personality. What an untimely passing, but he will be remembered as uh, one of the great characters and a heck of a football coach. All right, break time right here on The Ref. We're coming right back. Keep it here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, with you here on a Tuesday edition of Steelman and Thune at noon, right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Thank you. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. They will do great work for you. Also, thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino. Get on out there right now and uh, play with your wild card and participate in the 20K Holidays on Us promotion happening now through December 23rd. Patrons are going to be able to earn points on every single electronic gaming machine out there at Riverwind. And then at 5 o'clock on New Year's Eve, December, or on Christmas Eve, rather, December 24th, the top 10 patrons who earn the highest number of points on those machines. And again, all electronic gaming machines are in play here. Get out there and play. Use your wild card. The top 10 patrons with the most points are going to be awarded grand prize bundles, including the following $500 Amazon gift card, $500 Walmart gift card, $500 Target gift card, $500 Visa gift card. Now, if you got all those gift cards in your stocking, you would be doing backflips. You're going to get those and more in the grand prize bundles they'll be giving away at Riverwind. And you don't have to be present to win. Winners will be contacted via phone. They'll have 24 hours to claim uh, their prize. Uh, obviously, they want you to play all the way up until December 23rd. They know you uh, probably will be with family. There's a good chance of that, obviously, on Christmas Eve. But they will get in contact with you if you're one of the top ten winners. Just another reason why Riverwind is simply the best. All right, so through the portal so far, pretty good, Parker Thune, when you get Desan McCullough, when you get Austin Stogner, and you get Jacob Lacey. I mean, that's three impactful guys right there to start your portal recruiting. I mean, pretty good start for Oklahoma. It is a pretty good start. And here's a little wrinkle. Uh-oh. Within the last 20 minutes or so. Oh, really? What? There are a series of expert predictions that have begun to drop, suggesting that Oklahoma is on the precipice of landing one to see Leacana. There we go. There we go. Because I don't think DJ Hicks is coming. All signs point to dollar bills at A&M being the winner. And there are a lot of dollar bills in play down there, let me tell you. But Akana coming to Oklahoma, then you add Peyton Bowen. They went up to seventh, I think, in the ratings yesterday, right? Um, Steve Wolfong is saying that he expects uh, Akana to go to OU based on what we're seeing. And let's say you get Akana and Bowen. You just added uh, Day McCullough, four-star safety, Desan's brother. Uh, where would Bowen and O'Connor move Oklahoma to? Top five, you think? I believe they would be top three at that point. Top three? Yes. 
I know offhand, I know that Bowen alone would move them up to number four. You tack Akana on top of that, I believe at that point they would leapfrog Notre Dame for number three as well. Well, shoot. Bowen would have to decommit from Notre Dame first. So hang on. <laughs> Bowen alone would actually probably move Oklahoma up to number three. Now that yeah. I think about it, because I didn't take that into account. Well, uh, yeah, that's right. Because, okay, okay, let me get you a, let me get you a definitive answer. So, as it pertains to Bowen's edition alone, right now at the top you have Alabama one, Georgia two, Notre Dame three. Oklahoma's going to have to do a lot to put themselves within striking distance of Alabama and Georgia. The ceiling for this class right now without DJ Hicks, is probably number three. But, yes, if you were to get Bowen, you would move all the way up to number three. Yeah, Sooner fans will be doing backflips over that. There is no doubt because you're right there, at least you're in the neighborhood with the top two college football programs in the country. And to be there is pretty special. Uh, you know. So Brent and the guys have done a tremendous job recruiting. Uh, anybody else, uh, high school-wise, still out there, uh, if Tassili Okana uh, ends up at OU and people are starting to say it, it's turning very much in that direction, and then Bowen flips as expected to Oklahoma, is there anybody else that could cap off the high school class? Yeah, two guys. That, well, let me throw out three guys. Three guys. Two current Arkansas Razorback commits, Micah Tease and Quincy Rhodes. Okay. As well as a guy that we have started to talk about a little bit more over the last week or so since he picked up the OU offer, Four-star defensive back C.J. Blocker, son of former Oklahoma wideout Chris Blocker. That's right. You talked about him yesterday. That's right. Yeah. Now, let me say this. I, I, with regard to C.J. Blocker, he is supposed to visit USC this weekend. What? Yes. However, there is a chance he does not visit USC this weekend. And if he does not visit USC this weekend, I bet I can tell you where he is visiting this weekend. So this is a guy that we could take from Muleshoe, in a way. Well, I, in a it, way. So he was committed to Utah for a while. Okay, but Muleshoe wants him, right? Muleshoe does want him. How many battles have OU and Muleshoe had in recruiting? Not that many. Very few. Very few. I'm trying to think. Was there any prospect? Didn't this they cycle? offer Ashton Sanders after OU did, or was it Taylor Wine? It was Taylor Wine. It was Taylor Wine. But Taylor Wine, as soon as he got the OU offer, he was coming. It to was OU done because yeah. of the ties to the state. I do not know. This might be the first guy that is seriously interested in both Oklahoma and USC. Hmm. Interesting. At least offhand that I can recall that OU has a chance to end up getting. Now, if you'll recall, when Muleshoe was still at Oklahoma, OU did battle with USC for months in the recruitment of Gentry Williams. But at the time, that was that recruitment on the USC end naturally was headed up by Dante Williams rather than any of Muleshoe's cronies because they were still two, three months away from arriving on the scene in L.A. That's right. All right, uh, from the 405, what about the Michigan commit that visited OU? That's, and Oetta, it, uh, I, I'm not exceedingly confident there. And, in fact, I think the you saw the offer go out to Quincy Rhodes, the four-star Arkansas defensive line commit, who, by the way, is every inch of six foot seven. Large, large individual. 
I think you saw that offer go out as an insurance policy on Enoeta. There you go. There you go. So, uh, basically, we are looking at, in the DJ Hicks situation right now, no expectations would probably be the way to go. That would be the route for Oklahoma fans. And, you know, just hope for some kind of a signing day surprise or something that happens uh, that, you know, down the stretch. But all signs are pointing to, and his dad said this the other day, that it's going to be very hard for somebody to sway him away from Texas A&M. You wonder why? Got news? Well, I, I, no, no, I don't have news. I'm just saying I think it's pretty obvious why it's going to be hard to sway DJ Hicks away from A&M. Well, yes, they have their own deposit box at Fort Knox, apparently, right now. Ugh. So, there you go. What a situation. All right, uh, PB that's committed to USC, was that a battle they had with Oklahoma? No, Oklahoma offered him, and then never nothing ever really happened there. I mean, nothing. Like it was. I I, I think what it was was it was a shot across the bow at Muleshoe. It was a warning shot in essence after he offered Taylor Wine because that all happened in the span of like two hours. OU offers Taylor Wine, USC offers Taylor Wine, OU offers David Peavy. So. I think that was the OU staff communicating to Muleshoe that, hey, if you try to screw with our class, two can play that game, and yeah, we'll come back at you. There you go. Uh, what's going on with the Stone Kid for 2024? Uh, He's got an announcement know. December 18th, which is uh, – that's a Sunday because Christmas is on a Sunday. Uh, people are talking about, man, he's going to reclassify. People are uh, – OU fans, the real ardent OU recruiting uh, fanatics out there, hoping it's he's going to declassify and be in the 2023 class. But that would be a surprise, wouldn't it? It would be – it wouldn't be a total shock, but I would expect – my gut feeling, just knowing the way that Stone's recruitment has evolved over the course of the last nine months or so, my best guess is that that announcement is going to be Stone telling people, hey, I'm coming back to Oklahoma for my senior year yeah, to play high school ball. There you go. Who was it? Was it Overton who uh, reclassified last year? It was Overton. Yes. Overton did this past year. Levius that- Overton to uh, A&M. Yes. Yes. You've had one guy reclassify from 2024 to 2023, and one guy of note, that is, and that's Desmond Ricks. And that's it so far. All right. We're going to break right here. We'll get back to uh, your uh, text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. More on the uh, passing of Mike Leach, college football legend. We will also get into – A ton more Sooner Portal stuff and recruiting. It's your show just as it's our show. Keep those texts rolling in. We'll be right back here on The Ref. Not good uh, for Kyler Murray last night. He went down. It, it certainly looks like an ACL injury. I haven't seen anything official, but that is the thoughts. That would end the season, obviously, for Kyler Murray. The Arizona Cardinals losing at home, and they just can't win a home game either. New England 27-13. Colt McCoy comes in after Kyler went down. I think it was the fourth play of the game, if I'm not mistaken. 
And again, uh, the Patriots beat the Arizona Cardinals 27-13 last night. It could be, I'm hearing the end of the road. Who did the end of the road? Was that, uh, that was, uh, was that on, um, was that the Backstreet Boys? Or was that on Cooley High Harmony and it was... Uh, I don't know, Steely. I, I I can offer no insight here. And this is Parker telling me I'm old again. See, well, elder abuse. He's he's telling you, man, I'm working with an old man. I'm working with boys to men, maybe. I can't remember. Somebody let me know. But it, it could be the end of the road for Cliff Kingsbury. And a lot of people thought it might happen on their off week, but uh, Arizona at 4-9, and nine, that is not working out in uh, Arizona. Thunder lose in Dallas last night, 121-114. to 114. SGA tied his career high, 42 points. Uh, J-Dub, uh, the uh, Jay uh, Williams from uh, Santa Clara had 17. Luca had 38 for Dallas. Oklahoma City's 11-16. and 16. Next up, a six-game homestand for Oklahoma City, starting with the Miami Heat in town at the Paycom Center tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Sooner men don't play until Saturday at 2 o'clock on ESPN Plus against Scottie Pippen's alma mater, Central Arkansas. Big game Tuesday, December 20th against Florida at 8.30 in the evening on ESPN2 in the Jumpman Invitational Challenge in uh, Charlotte. All right, 405-6. It was boys to men. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. So uh, what else is going on with guys like Dorian Singer, other portal prospects for OU. What are you hearing? Anything? I know information is difficult to come by. Parker has information a, is very difficult to come by with portal guys. You got like, one of those. It is Alcatraz. It is locked down. That bad, huh? So that's right, guy. I, like I said, sometimes I have dial-up internet, and it just <laughs> Kai from Geyer says Steely is like an old encyclopedia set. Has a ton of information, <laughs> that's but right. sometimes it takes a minute to turn through all the pages. I can hear the old internet beep boop. By the way, I guess ESPN just confirmed torn ACL for Kyler Murray, which at this point in the season, that probably puts his status in jeopardy for the beginning of next season yeah. as well. You would figure he oh, opens man. training camp on the pup list or something like that. Jalen Hurts has now become the best center quarterback in the NFL. And Wait, he wasn't close. already? Well, I'm just saying the, the gap, we always thought it was, uh, you know, it was going to be Kyler and then maybe Baker and then Jalen Hurts. Could he could he be a starting quarterback in the NFL or would he be a backup? And now he is on the verge of winning MVP. He's the favorite right now. Anything on Braylon Presley or Justin Flo? Nope. Nothing. Now, did I am Flo, sorry. Did Flo visit? I, I don't know, Steely. <laughs> no one knows. Man, you talk about a lockdown. That's- yeah. You might get information out of the Pentagon before you get it out of this OU staff with the transfer Yeah, with portal, portal guys, absolutely. Listen, I'd, I can tell you anything, pretty much anything you want to know about the high school. But again, I feel, I feel it necessary to explain to people, dealing with Portal kids and dealing with traditional recruits is not even close to the same process because – Every recruit that gets an offer is going to post it, right? It's really no secret which schools stand where for which player if you follow the reporting. And really, it's no secret which schools are in on a player if you just follow that player on social media and pay attention to the offers they post. Most transfers don't operate like that. And so as a coaching staff, if you have a portal player that you've ID'd as somebody that you want to bring in, and 
You want to get them on a visit. You want to explain your NIL offerings. You want to make your pitch to them. Well, you know what? Given that everybody's flying by the seat of their pants uh, as far as evaluating these kids and getting on the phone with them, building those relationships at the drop of a hat and trying to get them on campus for a visit, you probably don't want other programs to catch wind of the guys that you're bringing in on visits. No, I totally understand it. It gives yeah. them the opportunity to make a very competitive play for a lot of those same players. Players that they may not – players that may not even have registered on that other program's radar to that point just because there are so many players in the transfer portal that you have to sift through and evaluate so very quickly because it's a small window. With recruiting, yeah, you know what? There may be a 1,000 kids that you evaluate, if not more. But you got a year and a half two years to do it between the time they're juniors in high school and they start to become serious prospects and the time that they put pen to paper with kids in the portal, man, most of these kids, if they don't know where they're going, they're going to decide where they're going within a week or two. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, again, for the Sooners so far, you talk about when you get DeSan McCullough, then you get Austin Stogner and you get, Jacob Lacey, you're talking about McCullough. You're getting one of the top five players in the portal right now. Um, impact guys. And you can talk about the big-name quarterbacks out there. I get it. Uh, do you want DJ from Clemson? I mean, he's going to wind up somewhere. But who's been more impactful last season? It was clearly Desan McCullough. He would be one of the top five or six players in the portal. And uh, Stogner's got to be somewhere in the top 20. And then you put Jacob Lacey out there. He's probably in the 25-30 range. So it looks like the Sooners, as far as portal prospects, have got like three of the top 25 so far. Pretty good start for Brent Venables and company, no doubt. Uh, anything on Trace Ford? Uh, apparently, so he had visits with Auburn and SMU. Did somebody that, crystal ball him to Auburn? Did Was that I hearing happen? that earlier? I, I didn't see that if that did happen, but... I still feel good about where Oklahoma sits with Trace Ford, regardless of where he ends up visiting. Uh, anything on Micah Tease asks another listener. Yeah, that's just that's another one I would watch closely in the coming days, and I think that will be a flip that happens quickly and without a whole lot of fanfare if it comes to fruition. It'll just be, oh, boom, Micah Tease is flipping Oklahoma, and that's that. Um, anything new on Peyton Bowen? Well, we're eight days to the finish line, people. That's eight the days. question that you have nightmares about, right? It, look, it's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point within the next eight days. It has to. So we're getting to the end. We're getting to the end. Nobody is more thrilled about this than I am. This is the end, my only friend, the end. Mr. Mojo Ryzen sang it. Parker Thune is hoping for it. All right, we got to get out of here for hour number one. TJ Eckert coming up at 135. A lot more on uh, Mike Leach, the portal, recruiting. It's all coming up here on The Ref.
We are back. Mike Seeley along with Parker Thune. Hour number two right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Good to have you with us. Thanks to our second-hour sponsor, the one, the only, Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72, great deals with a great selection. Cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owned vehicles, you want them, they have them. And a great guarantee as well, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Now, we're also here in the Brown O'Haver Studios. I'm thinking of renaming because we love Brown O'Haver. They're awesome. But I'm thinking of temporarily renaming the studios today, Parker. The Kellogg's Studios, because we are human Pop-Tarts in a toaster oven in here. <laughs> Aren't we not? Oh, I, I was thinking you were going to rename them in honor of Mike Leach. but Well, we're definitely going to honor Mike Leach today. But this, this is a toaster oven in here, a crock pot, whatever you want to call it. They are trying to smoke us out of here. Now, you know, you're a young rising star i'm an old declining you know guy is what i am i'm in decline i'm in decline they may be trying to smoke me out of here and keep you so maybe this is kind of like uh what do they call it collateral damage your collateral damage they're like man we gotta get steely out of here the dude is so old let's hey let's let's he can't stand the heat let's turn up the heat to like 80 and maybe the old man will pass out and realize that he's not made for this anymore maybe that's it what are you drinking over there water and energy drink i was about to say because if it's a monster you're Mm. playing right into their hands because that's not hydrating you well there's liquid in there doesn't that hydrate you i know i do have my water for hydration as well we had several suggestions on the air comfort solutions text line as to how to honor mike leach one listener said, rename National Talk Like a Pirate Day to simply Mike Leach Day. Brian in Tulsa said, definitely need to do a scene setter with Pirates of the Caribbean music in the background. Another listener said, just put a wet bar in the new coaches' offices and call it the Mike Leach Treasure Chest. And my favorite suggestion, you change your middle name to Leach. Mike Leach Steely. Well, my middle name honors my dad. So I couldn't do that. But add, all, add a middle name then. All right. Michael Eugene Leach Steely. There, there you go. go. Can I make that official? Where do I go? Down to the courthouse to do that? How do I do that? We can, I'm sure we know folks that can make it happen. The Air Comfort Solutions text line has a guy for everything. You know how Barney Stinson and How I Met Your Mother has a guy for everything? <laughs> we got a guy for everything, too. All we got to do is just put out the APB on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Yeah, the ref army's for real, man. They're awesome. All right, so uh, everybody is, uh, you know, extremely sad today because I think if you've been following the Mike Leach story, once you saw that hospice was there and everything, you're like, well, this is, I I don't think we're going to get that miraculous ending. And I think people were praying. And again, uh, sometimes your prayer is not Mike Leach getting a miracle, but Mike Leach you know, dying peacefully and his family having some peace about it. What well, had to be extremely difficult, obviously, because he, he should still be here. 61 is way too early, but you never know what life has in store for you. But he led an incredible life. His 61 years, I mean, you talk about impressive and funny and super smart and curious and down to earth. No real ego at all for Mike Leach. You know, he didn't think he was, uh, you know, uh, super big shot because he was a well-paid college football coach. 
just uh, kind of an every man, you know, and that's why I think he was so universally liked in the college football world. And he had a few moments here and there where he would go off and, uh, you know, do something. But you know what? Every human does that. Every human. And like I said, those were few and far between. Um, but Mike Leach led an incredible life. And uh, not only was he super funny, he was also, as we said, a heck of a football coach. If you can win games in Lubbock, uh, and you can win some games in Lubbock. But think about what Mike Leach did. He had them on the cusp of a national championship in Lubbock. Then you go out to Wazoo. You win games out there. That's a difficult place. Wazoo was a win away from the college football playoff in 2018. Yeah. People forget that. Crazy, right? And then you have – who was the – oh, it was uh, – who's the quarterback with the mustache? Minshew? Gardner Minshew. Yes. That was always great. Now, you talk about a Mike Leach quarterback. How great was that? And then you go to Starkville, Mississippi, and you win games there. Like I said, these are difficult jobs. You are not the uh, the satellite school, the big-time school there in those states. Old Miss and Mississippi State, obviously, they just won the Egg Bowl. They've had a lot of success there. I'm not saying that Old Miss is just this powerhouse program, but they're thought of more highly than Mississippi State. Clearly, it's UW, the University of Washington, out in that state. And Texas Tech, I mean – where are they in the pecking order? Uh, clearly, it's Texas and Texas A&M. Uh, they're a ways down. Baylor would maybe even be third on that list. So, But he wanted all those places. Uh, Bob Stoops brought Mike Leach to Oklahoma in 1999. When he was the D.C. at Florida, he said that he always had more problems trying to stop that Kentucky spread offense than any other offense that he went against. So he couldn't get Hal Mummy, but he could get Mike Leach. And uh, Bob talked about... Bringing Mike Leach to Norman, some memories of uh, of Mike Leach with uh, Toby and TJ on the T-Row in the morning show this morning. Yeah, it's hard to talk about Toby. really is. It's uh, just sad and, uh, you know, you know, just uh, not ready for it, which is uh, tough. But um, anyway, always grateful to the impact Mike had with us and that offense and everything he did. He's just a unique person. You know, just there's nobody like him, as you guys, and that's when you say that, that's the truth. But he had a huge impact on us getting started here at OU and, you know, signing the quarterbacks we did in that first class with Josh Heupel and Jason White, Nate Hibble. And then, uh, you know, and we, we, there's parts of that offense that I'll draw up a play for a charity or something and, like I call it blue 95 or ace 95. We still run it. It's 20 some years later. <laughs> so anyway, um, Mike was huge. You just, uh, always love to see him and run into him. And, uh, and when you did, you better be ready for a long conversation because he, <laughs> he, he had no concept of time. There you go. Mike Leach again. Uh, the news came down this morning right around 8 a.m. Passed away at the age of 61. But he packed a lot of life, a lot of success, and a lot of fun into those 61 years. There's no doubt. But gone way too soon. All right. 405-651-3439. Air Cover Solutions text line is open to you. Uh, Trace Ford. Somebody was again asking about Trace Ford. Did we cover that yet? We did cover that. Okay. Yes. So we're good. See the old man's uh, short-term memories. Boom. Gone. Um, and uh, things are looking good on the Tecilia Kana front, correct? Yeah, things are looking very good as of this afternoon. Really? So can I make a prediction? I missed my prediction 
I said between four and seven central. I, listen, I, I forgot to bring that up. You did not miss it by much, though. It was I will a say Maxwell that. Smart missed it by that much. About, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, not much more than that. I mean, that was a shot in the dark, but sometimes you just get a feeling when something's about to happen. This is the first we've really talked about. Uh, well, I guess we did touch on it. We, talked, we mentioned Josh Pate's comments on the McCullers earlier, but um, – we have. I, it's funny that Oklahoma just got a joint commitment yesterday from two guys, both of whom are or were blue chip recruits at positions of need at Oklahoma, and we've barely touched on it today. That's just kind of the news day and news week it has already been. Okay. Apparently, Steely thinks he's George Costanza getting sweated out of the office, but that's pretty good. Uh, what's the 918 asking about Farouk there? Idris Farouk. Okay. New offer today in the class of 2024 at safety for Oklahoma. Hey. And yes, there is a relation. Hmm. Cousins to Jalil Farouk. I thought it was somebody who was trying to spell address Farouk that didn't know how to spell for a minute. Because <laughs> that name I hadn't heard yet. <laughs> yes, Idris Farouk, St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, I'm trying to think, have the Sooners gotten a commit out of St. Francis yet? They had Derek Moore committed for the longest time in the class of 2022, the four-star defensive lineman. But <laughs> when the staff fell apart, when Muleshoe and his crew went out west and the staff kind of fell apart at OU, Derek Moore ended up flipping to Michigan. But uh, offhand, St. Francis, St. Francis, I think – I don't think Oklahoma's officially gotten into St. Francis yet. So that is a school out in the D.C. area that is perennially very competitive, perennially puts guys into the Power Five. And so especially given the ties there, the familial ties with Jalil, uh, Idris would be a nice add for Oklahoma in the class of 2024. So we'll see where things go on that one. There you go. Yeah, I looked at that because I hadn't heard that name yet, and I thought, man, is that somebody who's having a spelling issue? Or what? Hey, can y'all address Farouk, please? <laughs> Let know what's going on. Is he going to the portal or what? So there you go. Now I know. Uh, by the way, uh, Clearwater Sooner prayers were answered. Mike Leach was healed. Sometimes God gives us temporary healing as we live here on earth. Yeah, you know, Clearwater, that's a, that's a good way to look at it, Clearwater Sooner. All right, 405-651-3439. Steely thinks he's getting sweated out like George Costanza. Uh, George Costanza, of course, you mean Art Vandelay, the importer-exporter who was into latex. Vandelay! Say Vandelay Industries! You, have you taken any Seinfeld in your young life? I, I've taken in a little bit. You need to go to Netflix, and when you have a, uh, a free moment, which I know you don't have many of those, but whenever you get some, just go on a Seinfeld. I will pick up on time. some Seinfeld references. However, many of them will still go over my head. And you want to be my latex salesman. Sorry, that was... Again, that, that, that's an example right. of a reference that is at over me. my He's head. He's looking at me, man. Why are they putting me with this guy? Why did they put me with this guy? All right, we're going to break right here. We've got T.J. Eckert coming up at uh, 135. We'll get some more of your texts. And uh, Plank had a chance 
he and Gabe on the uh, Big 12 show on Sirius XM to talk to Brett McMurphy, who wrote the story yesterday about the Sooners in Texas making inroads and possibly getting to the SEC in 2024. We'll hear what Brett had to say coming up next here on The Ref. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, home of Sooner fans on a Tuesday. The Ref Radio Network will get locked in at 2 o'clock. We have T.J. Eckerts on the way on the Riverwind Casino Hotline coming up in the next segment. So get ready. We'll talk uh, Sooner football. We'll talk about the portal. We'll talk about Mike Leach. Uh, T.J. is always a great guest. He'll be coming up at 135. All right, so uh, Chris Plank and Gabe Eicher do the uh, Big 12 show on Sirius XM Radio. And uh, they did have Brett McMurphy on the air on that program and uh, talk to him about his story that he put out yesterday about Oklahoma and Texas, you know, still trying to uh, make uh, make a move to get to the SEC in 2024. That would be one more season, obviously, in the Big 12. Here's what McMurphy said about, uh, you know, is, is this really big news that they're still trying to do this, that this push is happening? Here's what Brett had to say. Yeah, this isn't something that, that occurred overnight. These discussions have been going on for, for several months and uh, kind of ebbed and flowed on how realistic it was. And probably, you know, if you go back a month or so, they probably people would have been uh, pessimistic that something could happen. But I think it recently, you know, again, it, the momentum appears that, that, you know, everyone involved wants to get this done. And it's obviously very complicated on how you do it. There's not like a simple solution. We'll just do this or do that because it involves, you know, two teams, uh, two conferences, two TV networks. And, um, you know, it's kind of the Spider-Man gift where you, everyone points at each other. Um, so can they, can they figure this stuff out? The good news is, is that everybody wants to. There you go. So we'll see what's going to happen. What do you think, Parker? Uh, you know, Sooner fans were certainly anxious when this happened. Man, let's get to the uh, let's get to the SEC as quickly as possible. Man, let's do it next fall. And then you you finish six and six, kind of have the year that Oklahoma fans aren't accustomed to, obviously. And it's like, man, can we back this up a little bit and wait, maybe wait till twenty twenty five? What do you think the best option is? You think one more year with Brent? Uh, you know, and this recruiting class coming in and the portal, uh, you know, prospects that they have in, all three are really good with uh, McCullough, Stogner, and Jacob Lacey. What do you think? I think one more year in the Big 12 is going to be the most fitting option for this team, the one that makes the most sense because it would it would not be fun to be making that transition to the SEC on the heels of a 6-6 six and six season because – Confidence among the fan base and optimism among the fan base would be at an all-time low. 
the prevailing narrative would be, well, we just went 6-6 six and six in the Big 12. How the hell are we going to hang in the SEC? Something along those lines. So, I think a year to kind of put the bad juju of the 2022 season behind you uh, and start to develop some of these younger, extremely physically gifted players like P.J. Adebarre and Deshaun McCullough, Nick Anderson, Javante Barnes. On both sides of the ball, you've got a wealth of guys that are going to be freshmen and sophomores that have such high individual ceilings. And so you get those guys some reps against opponents that might not be as rock solid as the opponents that you're going to face week to week in the SEC. And you get back on track with 9, 10 wins in 2023. Then you make the transition to the SEC in 2024. Those guys have another offseason to continue to develop, continue to gain a certain element of comfort within the system. And then everybody collectively makes the transition in unison with one another, and you're ready to really stick your chest out in Big 12, or I'm sorry, in SEC play in 2024 and not only compete, but win. So, yes, I would say 2024 probably makes the most sense for Oklahoma because I think it's also a pretty perfect happy medium. You're not rushing anything to the point where, especially on the heels of this 6-6 six and six campaign, you feel like it's too much too soon. But also, I think a lot of players in that locker room right now and a lot of the recruits that are currently committed in this 2023 recruiting cycle are eager to make that transition to the SEC. They're excited about it. They're not apprehensive about whether or not they're going to be able to compete. They're saying bring it on. Yeah. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's play a game right here. We'll call it Shot or No Shot, featuring Parker Thune being questioned about potential portal prospects. Is there a shot or no shot? And that can be whether or not Oklahoma wants a kid or whether a kid's interested in Oklahoma. So we're going to play Shot or No Shot. Sounds good. Miles Slusher from Arkansas. Shot. All right. Uh, Trace Ford, Oklahoma State. Definitely a shot. Kyrie Jackson, Alabama defensive back. Shot. Keandre Jones, offensive lineman, Auburn. Shot. Keyshawn Blackstock, junior college offensive lineman. Shot. Justin Flo, linebacker from Oregon. Shot. Dorian Singer, wide receiver from Arizona. Shot. Man, you're taking more shots than Lil John in that song. All right, Javian Cohen, offensive lineman, Alabama. Shot. Caleb Banks, edge rusher, Louisville. Uh, no shot. He just committed to Florida. What? I just went Lou Holtz there. Uh, Philip Webb, linebacker, LSU. Shot. Okay. Uh, Kevin Swint, linebacker, Clemson. Fred shot. Davis, defensive shot. back, Clemson. And uh, you talked about new offers in high school, too, for Quincy Rhodes and C.J. Blocker, correct? Shot at both of those. And am I leaving anybody out? Any portal people, the portal people, the portal people. But no, I mean, uh, if you'd taken off the guy that was already committed, you'd be 14 for 14. Braylon Presley. Shot. Yeah, shot, certainly. What's going on with Braylon I, Presley? I don't, I don't know, man. Are they, they going to like let Braylon Presley escape? It seems like they're holding him off, and I'm confused by it. What do you mean they're holding him off? Are they looking for other people first, or? What's a... Uh, it's okay. It's like the, what the Malachi Coleman situation was for a couple of months. OU's keeping him at arm's length, not shutting the door, but also not saying, hey, come on down. We'll take you. Hmm. Which is baffling to me because 
on the one hand, you don't want to burn bridges in the 918 because that's a region that's going to give you at least three or four guys every single year. Well, most years. 2023 happens to be one of the exceptions. But secondly, it's just like it does you good to have dudes that want to be at Oklahoma in that locker room. And Braylon Presley wants to be at Oklahoma. Let me ask you this, Steely. How many guys that were half-hearted about Oklahoma or in retrospect are half-hearted about their tenure at Oklahoma? How many of those guys have hit it big? I don't know. It's hard to say. Not many, though. Not many. And think about the guys that have excelled in the NFL, right? And I get that Baker Mayfield really hasn't excelled as of late. Nobody reps OU in the public eye like Baker Mayfield. But consider Kenneth Murray. Consider Nick Benito, Perion Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas. Heck, you can even rewind a little bit further. Guys like Lane Johnson, Trent Williams, who's done a lot of recruiting for Oklahoma over the last few months, Jordan Evans. All of these guys are guys that love the University of Oklahoma and have the highest respect and admiration for the program and what it gave to them. So when you get guys that want to be there with every fiber of their being, in my eyes, you can't get enough of those dudes in the locker room, Steely. Load up with them. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And think about the Sooners have how many Heisman winners? Seven, right? Well, how many of those are from Oklahoma? Billy Vessels is from Cleveland, Oklahoma, right, if I'm not mistaken. Steve Owens, Miami. Jason White, Tuttle, Sam Bradford, Oklahoma City, PC, North Panther. And the other three were Texans with uh, Kyler Baker and uh, Billy Sims. So, yes. All uh, right. Kendall says, I've heard that Presley has been offered by Kevin Wilson in Tulsa. I'd be shocked if Tulsa hasn't offered Braylon Presley. Yeah, they, um, yeah. Parker, I told myself I would take a shot of vodka for every time you said shot, and I would do it in unison. I didn't expect you to say that many. <laughs> Followed by a bunch of gibberish. keyboard gibberish. Uh, given the Cole Adams rigmarole, I'm not optimistic about Presley. Somebody said Jalen Hurts seems pretty half-hearted about Oklahoma. Rigmarole is not a word that's used very often anymore, is it? I don't even, like, I can't even think the last time I heard that word used in any context. You know what's a great word that needs to be used more often? Schmuck. Schmuck. My wife, out of nowhere, I don't know why, we were going to eat, and some dude cut her off in traffic. She was driving her vehicle, and I'm in the passenger seat. And she goes, I can't believe that schmuck cut me off. And I was just totally surprised that she <laughs> called somebody a schmuck out of nowhere. And she was, like, surprised, too. But it needs to make a comeback because— Top five schmucks That's currently. right. I mean— Who are they? The word—mule shoes, number one. Well, obviously. Clearly. Uh, who else is a schmuck? I mean, that's a really good word. It's fun to Jimbo? say. Shmu- Jimbo? Jimbo's Fisher a schmuck. is a schmuck. No doubt about it. <laughs> All right, so we got Jimbo. We got Mule Shoe One. Jimbo's up there. Help us out. Who should be the other three schmucks? Wasn't there a movie with Steve Carell, uh, Dinner with Schmucks or Dinner for Schmucks or something like that? Yeah, somebody I'm said. Gonna look up, let's look up the official definition of schmuck. I will do it while you're perusing the text line. 
Somebody on the text line said the Lockets to KSU is an example of losing an outstanding athletic family to other schools. Yeah, you know what? Tyler Lockett was short, is short. It sure hasn't deterred him. Do you get a guy with yeah. that much explosiveness? Yeah, that's right. That much versatility? <laughs> you don't want that to be Braylon or you don't want that to be Tyler Lockett all over again with Braylon Presley. Tom Herman's getting some schmuck votes. A schmuck is a foolish or contemptible person. All right, used in a sentence. You've really got to be a schmuck to fall for that one. All right, so I just, my wife, I was totally, and she was surprised too. Like, I can't believe what I'm like. And then we started calling people, look at that schmuck over there, man. But it's Urban Meyer, Tom Kelly, Chrissy Sims, schmuck. Les Miles. Teddy Lehman texted me and said, Dan Mullen. <laughs> Dan Mullen's no a schmuck. No doubt he is a yes, what a percent. Chris Beard is a schmuck. Dan Mullen is an understated schmuck. He is, I, I don't feel like we talk enough about Dan Mullen being a schmuck. His schmuckery was highly underrated, and it should have been much more overrated because, you know, we kind of saw it a little bit. We thought the Darth Vader mask in the press conference was kind of cool, but hiding underneath Darth Vader's helmet was some big-time schmuckery from Dan Mullen. Clark Stroud, schmuck. Okay. We'll take a break. Come back. T.J. Eckert's going to join us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. He's no schmuck. He's a solid human with some good sports takes. And we'll talk to T.J. when we get back here on The Ref. Let's get to the Riverwind Casino Hotline, 405-329-9000 here on Steelman and Thune. On your Tuesday, we welcome in T.J. Eckert, sports director up in Tulsa. T.J., uh, what are your thoughts on the passing of Mike Leach? Obviously, a very sad uh, ordeal that uh, seemed to happen so quickly, but Memories of Mike Leach and what he meant to, uh, well, this state. He was here a year and what he meant to college football. Yeah, you know, Seely, just a, a prime example of doing more with less pretty much everywhere he went, it seemed, right? I mean, really a, a founding father of, of the modern offense, it seems like, in college football with the air raid and everything he's done and his coaching tree, his, the branches are so wide and far and touched so many different levels of the game um, all the way up into the pros now. Obviously, with Cliff Kingsbury there at, at Arizona. Um, just just a phenomenal offensive mind and, you know, saying more with less. I mean, to, to have winning success at places like Tech and Washington State and Mississippi State, places that you wouldn't consider, you know, winning programs in the conferences they play in, and for him to have the success he did was, was incredible. And, then, yeah, I mean, the memories of him – just press conference gold, right? I mean, so many, so many memorable responses of picking who the best Pac-12 mascot would be to win a fight. Um, the Halloween candy debate. There, he's had so many thoughts on weddings and gosh, gosh, the the 
he's almost overshadowed by with his press conference fodder by the that almost overshadows how truly incredible of an offensive mind he is uh, in the game of football. No so, yeah, doubt. a big loss for sure. No doubt. Obviously, TJ, Mike Leach spent a year at Oklahoma as offensive coordinator back in 1999, then departed. The reins were turned over to Mark Mangino, who had play calling duties in 2000 and 2001. And then he handed things off to none other than Kevin Wilson, who was Oklahoma's offensive coordinator for nine seasons and is most recently the new head coach at Tulsa. Now, it's been, what, close to a week now since Wilson was announced as the next head coach for the Golden Hurricane. What have been the early reactions, early returns on the Wilson hire since it became official? Yeah, the almost immediate uh, response reaction, Parker, was getting Braylon Braxton out of the portal, a uh, freshman quarterback who who really played well. As He came in as a backup for Davis Brim when he got hurt this year, and, and really in each game he played in, stepped up and uh, improved and Look, look the makings of a solid starting quarterback in the American. And being able to recruit the locker room and keep his guys there, and it starts with Braylon Braxton, that was a big deal. So uh, the, the immediate returns are positive. Um, you know, we talked about last week him kind of winning the press conference. He did a really good job, said some really good things, said all the right things, uh, was brutally honest. So that those were all good. Um, and then, yeah, the immediate return of, of winning winning the portal with your own guys and getting Braylon Braxton uh, back in the fold because, you know, you can go to the portal, you can recruit quarterbacks all you want because there's plenty of them in there right now, as we all know. But being able to keep Braxton and, and kind of keep some continuity in that locker room, I think that was, that was a big start for him. T.J. Eckert, our guest on the Riverwind Casino hotline. Uh, what do you make of what's been going on with Oklahoma State? What do you think's happening there? It's it's weird. It's it's certainly strange. The the amount of I mean, every school is going through losing guys in the portal. That's 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 a given. That's just what's going to happen these days in in the era of college football we're in. But the amount of impact players they've lost is kind of surprising to me, especially being a pretty successful program and having success in the Big Twelve recently. I mean, it's not like they're it's not like they're leaving a, a Kansas after proving it, you know, for a year or a, or an Iowa State for this year, for example, and, and trying to move up into another conference. And, and, and they're not like a, a breeding ground for, for the transfer portal. This is a place that's normally maintained their talent for four or five years. And so, you know, the cowboy culture is something that's kind of a buzzword there. And I, I've, everything that's kind of been getting thrown around, it's almost as if that's almost just a more of a, you know, a bumper sticker mentality than a, an actual thing that's emphasized there nowadays. So I don't know if this is going to be a yearly thing we're going to start seeing. I don't know if there's going to be some changes that need to be made, but certainly an eye-opener for that staff if you're losing so, so many key pieces into the portal, for sure. On a broader scale, TJ, thoughts on this portal cycle to this point as we're now a little bit more than a week into it. We've had some big quarterback dominoes fall. We've had some former five stars hit the portal. It's been a crazy first week of activity in the transfer portal. And obviously Oklahoma uh, came out with one of the most coveted prospects in the entire portal last night, getting the commitment from Indiana transfer Deshaun McCullough. So uh, as it pertains to Oklahoma and as it pertains to the college football landscape as a whole, thoughts on the week that we have seen to this point of portal activity? Yeah, getting the, uh, I guess, the McCullough brothers, right? One still in high school, committed to Cincinnati for a while, just just committed uh, at the same time. That's the both both great additions there for, for OU, assuming he ends up signing. 
Um, I know Venables has, has had strong thoughts on the portal, but it's obvious with this day and age that you have to attack it. I mean, that you just have to. And the, the way that college football rosters are looking these days because of the COVID year, there's so much experience on these rosters. It's easier right now for these coaches to, to recruit the portal and get experience in immediately as opposed to developing talent. And so that's kind of, that's kind of the shift that you're seeing in, the, in these recent years of the portal. Um, and, and namely, you mentioned the quarterback names that have popped in there. That's, that's been the big one. Is you're not seeing guys, obviously they're getting, recruiting the, the top in high school football talent of quarterbacks and bringing them in, but they're almost looking for immediate results. And so to do that, they're going out and getting portal quarterbacks. And so, you know, I don't know, I don't know how much I would imagine NIL is factoring in. I mean, I've got to think it is. Um, but at some point, you would think there would be some sort of checks and balances because right now it kind of just feels like free agency in a sense. Guys are just like, ah, oh, well, I can, I can go play somewhere else, and I can throw my name in the portal, and I can probably find a better opportunity, maybe make a little bit of money when I do it. So that's kind of what it feels like is NFL free agency, and I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I, I guess I understand where we're at right now with, with the current rules and, and regulations. Um, but I wish there would be a, a few more checks and balances to, to where it doesn't just turn into, I mean, it kind of already has turned into the, the wild, wild west of sorts. What do you think of uh, Philip Montgomery uh, with Hugh Freeze yeah. at Auburn? What do you think? Really good. You know, whenever he's had the personnel and had the dudes around him like he did at Baylor, I mean, that offense was really good. I mean, I know I know he was there with Art Bryles, who's kind of the, the offensive mind there anyway. He was probably the guy calling plays, or at least the one that was that was spearheading that attack. Um, and I'm sure Hugh Freeze will have a hand in it as well. He's kind of an offensive guy too. But we've seen when Montgomery has had the talent around him, he's he's been able to put together some really explosive offenses, some vertically downfield threatening offenses, and you know, you got to think that's what he's going to have at Auburn with the, with the SEC talent and the resources there. I mean, just far. It almost feels like I didn't want to say it on social media to offend anybody on, over here on the Tulsa front. It feels like a promotion. I mean, I, I don't know if that's right or wrong. I don't know, but don't be, going from a Power Five or a, a non-Power Five poor resources head coach to an SEC Power Five coordinator position almost feels like a promotion i don't know what he's getting paid at auburn but we know what he's getting paid at tulsa was you know in the million and a half maybe 1.2 range he's probably going to make somewhere around that at auburn with less pressure in terms of not being a head coach anymore so you know promotion may not be the right word maybe it's just a it's just a lateral move but it's a great lateral move for him and we knew he would land on his feet he's had so much success so really happy for him and his family that's really neat Hey, TJ, we appreciate it. Thank you. We'll do it again uh, pretty soon. Thanks. You bet. Thanks, guys. TJ Eckert, ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right, we have time for some more texts when we get back. Uh, in the World Cup, Argentina won, Croatia nil. Penalty kick from Lionel Messi giving Argentina the lead in that semifinal. We'll be right back.
All right, we're back with one last segment before we get locked in at 2 o'clock. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. 20K, holidays on us. Promotion continues out at Riverwind Casino. If you don't have a Riverwind wild card and you, uh, you've you been out to Riverwind, you need that wild card. That's going to help you so much, just like it does in the 20K holidays on us promotion happening now through December 23rd. Riverwind guests will be able to earn points on every single electronic gaming machine out there. And then at 5 p.m. on December 24th, the top 10 patrons who earn the highest number of points are going to be awarded a grand prize bundle, including the following, a $500 Amazon gift card, a $500 Walmart gift card, $500 Target gift card, a $500 Visa gift card. I mean, gift cards galore. And that's not it. These 10 grand prize bundles are going to be big time. All you have to do is play as many times as you can, rack up as many points as you can, on your Riverwind wild card from now until the uh, December 23rd at midnight. Then at 5 o'clock on uh, Christmas Eve, December 24th, they will announce the 10 winners. You don't have to be present to win either. Winners are going to be contacted via phone. You'll have 24 hours to claim your prize. But get out there and play Riverwind Casino. Another reason why Riverwind is simply the best. All right, uh, 405-651-3439 and the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Would your guess be right now that the next Oklahoma commit, be it Portal or high school, might be to Celia Kana? No, that would not be my guess. Okay, who would be your guess? Uh, shoot, I don't know. I, the, the way I see it, is a guy that's probably going to commit very close to, if not on, National Signing Day. We're eight so, days away. With as many balls as are in the air right now especially in the portal, I would expect that something pops before you hear anything on Akana and Peyton Bowen. And look, I'd love it if both those guys just committed out of the blue literally right now so we could just have it over with because those two recruitments have really, really dragged out. And then, of course, you factor in uh, the recruitment of C.J. Blocker. Oklahoma's really heated up on him late. Now you got Quincy Rhodes in the mix. you got Micah Tease in the mix, a couple guys that may end up flipping from Arkansas to Oklahoma before it's all said and done. I don't know if I could give you a name as to who is next at Oklahoma. I just think I, if you ask me to put money down, there are other guys that I would more eagerly gravitate towards than to Celia Kana in terms of who's going to be next. Okay. Uh, should Oklahoma fans just view DJ Hicks now as like a Hail Mary I don't know if I'd view it as a Hail Mary, but again, as I mentioned yesterday, I think it comes down to who's going to win, the kid or the dad, because I think they have different interests in mind. The dad's transactional and the kid's relation re- relational. What is it? What does Brent call his uh, dealings with players is more about, you know, relationships, relationships. and transactions. Yeah. Yes. The dad maybe have be about transactions. I mean, hey, I you said it, not me. But yeah, your kid down the road is he? You know, are you going to be about the transactions when your kid is you know a four <laughs> star or a five star? Oh gosh, I don't know if my genes are quite that athletic. Um, my kid would almost certainly have to be a quarterback because he's also not going to be tall enough. Well, maybe like, it goes in the baseball draft. Maybe so. I'm like six foot one. 
My kids, it's not like I'm going to have a kid who's 6'6", you know? But here's the deal. And here's what I mentioned yesterday when we were having this conversation. There's something to be said for providing your kids some healthy guidance and influence when it comes to making a decision like this. But at the end of it all, it's the kid's decision and it's his life. Don't try and make that decision for him. And that's one thing you see all too often with parents in the world of recruiting is parents that try to make these decisions on behalf of their kids. And the kids end up unhappy. I talked about Marv Marinovich the other day. Todd Marinovich uh, was a little bit messed up because he couldn't even have a Twinkie. And believe me, the Hostess products are very delicious. I'm really? still I thought you were a my... Little Debbie guy. No, 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 no. I'm a host. I'm in the Hostess conference. Oh, really? Okay. The Little Debbie you, is group of five. Did you hit the portal? Because I remember I asked you this question in like May, and you were like, no, I, I am loyal to Little Debbie. No, 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 no. I, you must have been talking to the wrong man. Maybe I was just confused. So, no, I'm, I'm Hostess all the way. So And, and of course, completely healthy it's good for you somebody on the text line says parker's kid will win a world mandolin championship <laughs> i like yeah, it raise him I in like the bluegrass it. tradition you know another word uh, we talked about uh by the way the guy 858 that's that's not that's incorrect there's one that's somewhat similar but we thought about uh the word schmuck needs to come come back um revival of the schmuck that's right and what about the word oaf Oh, that's another good one. Just OAF. Oh, very like. How many people? Almost seems medieval. Get do you, do you get to call it you great oaf oaf or is it plebe or plebeian? I always I always go with plebe. The serfs had it rough back in the day, the right? Surf. They believe me, they weren't surfing. <laughs> the serfs did not have a good life back in the day. They were ruled by you know people who now live at Gilardia. Uh, on the text line from the 918, did Hicks' dad just become the head coach of one of the Katy High Schools? Yes, he became the head coach at Katy Pato. Uh, from the 850, as a father of a recruited baseball player, my job is to guide them and make their life a little easier in the process. The rest of it is not for the parents. See, there's a well-adjusted parent there. We're not talking about an oaf there at all. We're talking about a, that solid parenting. Somebody else said, hey, Parker, my dad is 5'10 and mom 5'6. Me and my brother are over 6'4, so it could happen. LOL. Yeah, maybe it was the milkman back in the day. You never know. I don't have any frame of reference for uh, my family's lineage beyond my great-grandfather, but pretty much all of the Thunes are right in the neighborhood of six feet, six one. Now, my uncle, the United States Senator Mm -hmm. of South Dakota, John Thune, he's like six four. He's the one that he he got all of the best genes. He is the most successful in our family. Uh, he is the tallest. He is certainly the most in shape. John's kind of the model citizen of the family. How much, uh, how, many, how many family members out there in South Dakota? Do you guys have like a Yellowstone ranch out there in South Dakota like John uh, Dutton and no. Rip? And- no. My, my great-grandfather raised five kids in a little three-room house in a small town in South Dakota of about 500 people. So no ranching for you? There is no ranch. You've never worn Wranglers and been on a bucking Bronco or anything? All I know is Hyatt supposedly comes from the mom, right? My mom's five foot nine. My dad's six feet tall. I ended up six one. So there you go. 
All right, we're going to get locked in up next. I appreciate all the text today. Thank you. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in uh, Paul's Valley for sponsoring hour number two. Thank you to Riverwind Casino. Got uh, Tyler McComas coming in with Parker to get you locked in. A lot more Sooner football recruiting information on the way. Have a great Tuesday.